But if I get an email in an hour that says, I read Crush and I worked super hard every minute and nothing better happened and it destroyed my family life. Like, I'm not gonna be too devastated about that to be very honest with you because there was nothing in that book that referenced mismanaging your personal relationships or not diagnosing that nine years later, maybe the things that you were doing were not gonna work. Welcome to the Up In Your Business Podcast. Building you to do business better. This show is about intention, transparency, and insights from business professionals sharing their personal business. Discover what they've learned the hard way so you don't have to. Empowering a new breed of self-aware leadership. Here's your host, Angus Nelson. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 047 of the Up In Your Business podcast, building you to do business better. I'm your host, Angus Nelson, and it is really great to have you here. Uh, if this is your very first time coming to visit, I want you to know that this is your weekly dose of both business savvy as well as lessons in emotional intelligence. My goal here, I see as helping you master your mindset, dominating your fears, unleashing your amazing, and living your most effective self. So as such, at the end of every interview, I try and promote a little bit of whatever topic we might have been discussing and unpack that from my own experience uh, and expertise. Um, I often offer a little perspective that will give you some actionable sequence uh, according to the information that we've learned. So while the interview may be over, the discoveries will challenge you in some way to think deeper or, like I said, take some action. So finally, I have my coaching page up. Uh, if you've been listening for a while, you know that this has been something I've been working on. Uh, if you've been waiting to get access uh, to me on a more connected level, you finally can. And um, oh my gosh, after a number of false launches where I've told you this is going to work, um, I have to just completely have a confession to tell you I now know how to truly break WordPress time and time again through my foolishness. Um, it hasn't been uh, something that's come easy to me. It's not something that I'm very familiar with. I'm great at graphics, I guess. I'm comfortable, I should say. Um, but the website stuff has been a struggle. So, Remember that this whole life is about execution and not perfection, so let that be a lesson to you. Uh, hopefully, I've modeled for you what it's like to jack something up. Um, and if you want to learn more about my coaching programs, you can simply go to angusnelson.com forward slash coaching to discover how I can serve you best. I may not know WordPress, but I know how to help you in your life and your goals. Next week, I'll be talking about coaching a little bit as well, um, what it is, why it's important, and how you can know if a coach is the right one for you. So let's move on to today's show. My guest today has been on numerous shows and podcasts. Um, he's been on television. He's been all over the place. Uh, and you can hear him talk about all of the promotional material for his brand and his books. You can hear that just about 
everywhere. And his style is not everyone's cup of tea, and he even admits this on the show. However, we have a little history together, and I asked him that for our show, we do something a little different. And he graciously allowed me to get up in his business about two topics. One is family, and the element from his book is self-awareness. And you'll hear me say this in in the show, that the only chapter that he recommends that anyone reads twice is chapter 17 on self-awareness. And so we kind of dive into that a little bit deeper. In addition, I want to kind of let you know that you listen closely, you'll, you'll recognize that his answers are brutally honest, and they're topics that he himself is currently wrestling with. So it's obviously not his absolute sweet spot for conversation. And I think, like I said, you'll be able to tell he's not in his entire element. But that's why I think this interview is so special and why I love doing what I do with this show. Honestly, I don't like all of his answers, but I love this dude and his heart to serve others. And I deeply appreciate the opportunity for the two of us to explore these topics like we did together. So I loved doing this interview and I know he's in process trying to figure some of this stuff out. And, and without giving anything away, um, in this show, you're going to hear some sides of him that you probably haven't heard uh, elsewhere. And I think you're going to find that this is a pretty cool interview as well. So if you are not familiar with my guest today, Gary started off trading baseball cards as a teenager. He sold wine for his father's business and then started a YouTube channel called Wine Library for the same said father's brand, and he turned it into a $60 million phenomenon. He then launched a media company, invested in a bunch of startups. Uh, He and his brother and some others, they co-launched a $25 million VC seed fund. He's written a number of books, of which I'm sure you've probably heard of at least one of them, uh, Crush It, The Thank You Economy, Jab, 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 Left Hook, and most uh, recently, Ask Gary V. He's a content whiz known for energetic keynotes, business acumen, and sometimes has a bit of a potty mouth. Today, we're speaking with Gary Vaynerchuk, and I want to jump into that interview right now. You're listening to the Up In Your Business podcast, building you to do business better. I'm on the line with Gary Vaynerchuk. Strasvice, kaktala. So, So, you were born in Babrusk, Belarus, a city about 60 miles southeast of Minsk, Belarus. I've actually been there. What? I've been to Minsk. I had, now, I haven't been to Babrusk, but in 1991, the summer of 91, I was there... Um, and uh, yeah, I was there for about four days, five days. So how many people have interviewed you that have actually been that close to your hometown? Zero. Well, there you go. <laughs> Number one. I love it. I'm, I'm super, super excited to be on with you, brother. I'm really, really, really was looking forward to this. How are you? I'm doing good. Whereas we good. were just saying, Rez, right before we came online, both of us were doing a little international travel and uh, taking mm-hmm. on the beast of uh, sleep deprivation. Yes, so speaking of travel, um, I want to talk to you about two things, and uh, we'll bleed right into that today. And they're not the normal things that people talk to uh, Gary about. I want to talk about family and self-awareness. Let's do it. So on travel, you've got your wife, Lizzie, 
Yes. Um, I love the story in your book about how you guys met at the mm-hmm. park and Colin talking on the phone for four hours, deciding you're going to get married a year later. You were. You have two kids, Misha, which is uh, the male uh, version of that is Mikhail, which is Mikhail mm-hmm. Gorbachev. Mm-hmm. Uh, side note to my trip to Russia, about three weeks after I was in Minsk, Belarus, was when the tanks rolled in and we transitioned from Gorbachev into Yeltsin. Very interesting. So that was a really powerful time. And then, of course, your son, Xander. So when you travel, like, how do you stay connected with your wife and your children? I don't. You don't. And I, and I went with the kind of dramatic pause because I know that's not a super popular answer. It's, um, you know, it's just uniquely our family's answer. You know, we're not doing that much FaceTime. Lizzie's and I are not spending that much time on the phone. Right now, as of right now, we're not doing that much communication, to be honest with you, brother. Like, it's just, um, we're in a very binary game right now. I'm either all in or all out. We're winning through extremism. You know, I'll hang up with you right now. I've got one more quick little thing. And then basically from 5 p.m. here until Monday morning at 7, I will be checked out. I will be in the zone with the kids Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, into early Monday morning, put them to, on the bus to camp, and then I'll be on to San Francisco. Um, it's something that's worked for us for the last three or four years. I actually don't see it working long-term for us. The kids are getting older. They're seven and four. They're interesting now. I feel like they are going to Skype and FaceTime and, you know, and snap with me a little bit soon here. And so, but the answer for the current moment in time is not that much and probably at the lowest levels of communication uh, compared to the people that I see traveling a lot. And I, uh, I'm empathetic to people saying, Ooh, that's not right or wrong, but I don't, I'm not super interested in judging anybody's personal relationships and I'm very comfortable with uh, people judging mine, but they don't know what we're built on or how we roll. Right. And uh, so my, my kids, I have a 21 year old, I have a seven year old and a six year old. And we, we were Snapchatting the whole time I was gone as much as we could. <laughs> I love it. Especially now that my kids have found, you know, where you can make your faces, everything. And of so course, it's great entertainment value. Yes, it is. So, uh, so props to you to actually know that it's not an, a long game approach. Um, you know, kids, uh, I, I'm just glad you didn't give me the, the, the um, I believe in quality time instead of quantity time, because I, I would have jumped on you for that one. Yeah, I mean, look, I think, I think, I do think that I razz a lot of my friends in reverse who claim that they're spending time and I know they're in their man cave you know, you know, the second they go home at 630, like, I do think there's a big quality quantity debate. I just don't, I just don't care what anybody thinks. Like, like, I just, I just have empathy that they may be right. I don't think they're going to be right. I'm, I'm very confident on the relationship I'm building with my children, my wife, uh, where things are going. And, and that's it. I'm like very comfortable to have this conversation in 20 years. And, Either Rick from Iowa is going to be right or I'm going to be right. It's not super complicated. And, you know, the, here's the thing that <laughs> a lot of people – I love Rick from Iowa. He's fantastic. Um, so <laughs> the, um, 
uh, aspect that you guys have been together for some time. I mean, this is nothing new for you guys. Well, that's right. I mean, and it's nothing new much further than that. My dad was a workaholic. I didn't know him until I was 14, learned behavior. I'm comfortable with it. Lizzie's dad was a highly successful corporate America executive who traveled his ass off. They are the closest peas in a pod you'll ever see. Like, you know, this is something we're comfortable with. You know, for example, in reverse, you know, my, my, my friends have relationships with women and vice versa, women friends with, with uh, men that the a parent was to, to, for example, one of my dear girlfriends, entrepreneur, her husband grew up in an environment where both parents were teachers and they were home at four thirty, and they were home all summer and she wants to work till nine thirty, and he's freaking out. And that's that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that, um, I'm thrilled that it's a great conversation. I think it's great for the children. I think it's all fine and dandy. I just think it's the flavor of the century or the decade or the moment. Like there's a lot of loving families that had moms and dads and traditionally dads that worked every minute. And there's a lot of families that are screwed up through and through that have spent unbelievable time together. You know, um, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening right now that wish they didn't spend as much time with their parents uh, growing up because they did more damage than good. I think people are having the wrong conversation. I don't think it's quantity or quality. I think that there's just variables. I think there's different parents, different kids. Some kids need certain things. Some parents need certain things. I just think it's extremely naive to think like you could look from the outside and say, hey, Sarah and Rick, you're doing this wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really naive. So for you, yep. what are the ways that when you are with your kids that you are super intentional about modeling and teaching the values that you want them to have as adults? Uh, first and foremost, meritocracy and no eighth place trophies. So the biggest thing so far that I've been pounding is I will never let Xander score a basket on me. Ever. I never let them win a single race. I'm very into the whole, um, let's not clap up coming in 19th place out of 19. Like very, very concerned about America's softness on this issue. And I'm definitely teaching my kids to go the other way. Um, so that's been big. The closely followed by, if you ever think that not being kind to everybody, regardless of who they are, whether they're a babysitter or the doorman or your teacher or a fellow classmate or the woman across the street or the guy you bought the candy from or your mom, I will punch you in the face. (laughs) And you say that to your seven-year-old. I love that. Yep. I sure do. (laughs) I mean, obviously not exactly like that, but, 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 definitely in the next three or four, like I'm very interested uh, in, in, uh, physical violence. And I'm, and I'm going <laughs> to caveat that by saying I'm joking a little bit. Cause I don't want everybody to go to Twitter and bash me for this, uh, but I will tell you this. I'm a little old school. And, and the thing that really matters to me the most is that my children are kind and understand that there are winners and losers. That's what actually happens in life. And those two things matter a lot. And that's been the majority of what I've been spending time in. I don't care if they eat vegetables. I don't care if they're great in multiplication. I'm not worried if they're spending too much time on the iPad. Um, I'm worried about those two core things. And then, and then probably actually ground zero. Actually, this is true. Above that, though, 
it's a little early for me to figure out exactly how I want to do it, which is why I didn't start with it. What will trump those two things and is now in the love that we're giving them and compliments on things that merit compliments is I want them to have enormous self-esteem. I mean, outrageous levels of self-esteem, ungodly levels of self-esteem. Perfect segue, which takes us into, you know, with my kids, um, my two youngest, I didn't get the opportunity with my oldest because uh, she was from my wife's uh, first practice marriage. And (laughs) so I came into her life when she was nine. So I missed a lot of those formative years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But with the two youngest, ever since they've been cognitive, I've, I've said to them, I love you. I believe in you and I'm proud of you. And then for my daughter, I say, you're beautiful. Tell daddy why. And she, she would tell me because I'm smart, because I'm generous, because I'm kind. And she would tell me all these attributes that are internal. For my son, I tell him, you got what it takes. Because I too had a practice marriage and part of my destruction and all of that was a lack of self-awareness. Uh, and... Um, I read the first book I read that helped me get out of that was a book that challenged men's and male mindset to this simple question is, do I have what it takes? And so I'm trying to prep my kids for those kind of cognitive and mindset for their future as well. I love it. So for you in uh, chapter 17 of your book, uh, Ask Gary V, you had this chapter to recommend that it's the only chapter that someone should read twice. And in it, you stated that if you could sell a formula made up of gratitude, empathy, and self-awareness, it would be your billion-dollar coconut water idea. Can you please explain why those are such critical components? If you're grateful, you're happy almost every day. (laughs) You know, uh, if you're empathetic, you can basically sell and be happy every day to people, Uh, you know, meaning, um, you know, if you understand what the other person is thinking, or feeling, if you're a good person, um, uh, you can deliver those things that they need. And if you're a salesperson, you can understand what people will be buying and things of that nature. I just think it's a very, very good uh, uh, trait. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, self-awareness, boy. You know, when you know who you are, everything changes. When you know who you are, everything changes. Um, and especially if you're happy with yourself, right? Especially if you can get into that place of of being happy with what you are. And I think once you know who you are and can settle into accepting who you are, mm-hmm. the world opens up. I, you know, you, you and I've been around each other now a long, long time. Mm-hmm. I, um, you know, I, 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 I'd like to think that you, you, you know, from, you know, actually I'll ask you, I'll reverse the interview. Like, you know, in a world where we've probably, you've been in the same ecosystem now for, you know, a decade. Right. Um, you know, I think things have, I have evolved like everybody else does. You're not the same person you are 10 years ago, but boy, the essence of how I roll has not really wavered. And, and whatever's, whatever's changed in my environment hasn't really changed those core principles. And I think it's because I've been very grounded in what they were a very long time ago. And I, I actually, I'll, I'll push back to you just a little Please. bit here in a little bit, Please. Um, because I, I think, I think your brand is transitioning a little bit. And that's kind of what got me excited about talking about this topic versus the others mm-hmm. is, you know, your team, the guys that are putting your videos together and, and some of the content that you've been pushing out have really transitioned almost to a motivational and inspirational aspect, which is mm-hmm. a, a little bit 
more of a high level of impact than what you've done in years past. So I would say your values are the same, but your delivery is starting to have a little tweak to it. It has. That's a very good observation. I was visceral to the motivational aspect of who I was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't want to be a motivational speaker. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but at the same token, um, I really feel good about uh, uh, where I am in my career and have recognized um, what value that is bringing to certain people. And I'm, I'm good with that. And I'm okay with that. Well, I think in some realms, it also just, you know, echoes your last book, you know, taking the jabs also includes being an encouragement and giving people some tools and resources, whether that be a cognitive, emotional level, you know, to developing their emotional IQ, or if it's just something that just pushes them to take that next step. I think that's critical before you can even implement the next components of of what you always deliver. So on that same token, how does someone become self-aware? I don't know. Well, you were really confident in a couple of your videos. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, you know, I think that people need to spend time with people asking people. Yeah. If you know, I feel like you know, I feel like, um, you know, I feel like they can ask people in their circle to give them. I need they need to be open to accepting who they are, and I don't know how you do that. Yeah. But I do think the only thing that I've ever seen that has moved the needle in self-awareness is creating permission and safeness for people around you that you love to tell you the truth of what they think of you. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you know, for sure. And you know, and you said one of the words that, I mean, you, I think you said safeness or whatever, but absolutely safety. Like that's the word I always use. What's that beeping in the background? Uh, the door in the house is opening. Tell them to stop it. <laughs> so, <laughs> nobody come in. Uh, so when you have self-awareness, like to develop that, I mean, for me, I, I think I really didn't connect to it till I got broken. Like, mm. I had to take some hits. And I think for many of us, it's not until you feel, I mean, feel pain, feel failure, feel um, elements where you come to the end of yourself. Like, I think that can be a very healthy thing. And I know for you, you've, you've, been kind of on that trek several times um you know other components i'm thinking of like taking assessment tests have you ever done one of those like a myers-briggs or disc profile i haven't i've um i i'm so happy with my mental status that i don't want to meditate i don't want to take those tests i want to do exactly what's been working for me which is it's intuitive it works for me I've been mentally happy my whole life. I'm very grateful for that. Um, I, I know it doesn't work for everybody. I don't, I, again, in the same way I won't judge someone's marriage. I would never, I mean, I think it's great that the, those things are out there and people get value out of them. For me, I know what works. It's part of my self-awareness, which is don't with the system, right? It's mm-hmm. working and keep it pure and keep it the way it is and, and, instead of worrying about going any further down the path with what I'm dealing with, see how I can provide value to others. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're, you're nailing something that it is very intuitive for you. Um, and probably for me as well. Um, and that would be, if you get on the psychological level would, and the Myers-Briggs would be an NF, uh, part of that equation. And for some that is, it comes something, that's something that comes easy. Other people, it, has to be developed. 
And I think that comes with great intention. Um, reading self-help books and seeing counselors, volunteering, travel. Holy cow, traveling and seeing how other people live and experience the world and see that my little selfish, narcissistic ways of doing anything isn't the only ways of doing things. Uh, yeah, um, I, think, I think that you're referring to context there that I think is very, very important. I think, um, I think a lot of what shaped me was being an immigrant coming from that, you know, early place. Um, it helped me. I think, I think your surroundings environment and context and things you see are, are, are very important and, and, uh, sometimes underrated. Mm-hmm. So for you, when you're out talking to people like one, here's one of the things that concerns me, and, and, and I'm just going to ask you this. So, yeah, please. you know, people have taken, you know, a lot of the construct of, let's say, your first book, Crush It, mm-hmm. and the term hustle. And mm-hmm. it's really been misappropriated in many contexts of, sure. of becoming just work harder versus what you're actually trying to say work smarter. Um, how, do, how, does that, how does that feel to you? How does that taste in your mouth? Great. Like, you know, like, meaning you know, I think you do the best you can. And I've put out a ton of work to contextualize things. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, if somebody, you know, and listen, by the way, I'm very hot on working hard. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, like I think there's a lot of people, if they only learn to work a little harder or a lot harder, there's a lot of good that can come from it. But you know, I, um, you know, I have such good intent and I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm not going to be able to boil the ocean. It's not going to work every time, everywhere. There's so many variables. I just, you know, nobody's working more tirelessly to put out continuous context to the narrative. I don't put out a book every three years, like a Gladwell or five years or other things of that nature. And I actually don't know. What, it's not fair. I don't actually don't know if Gladwell does this or not, but right. I know this. I know this. Nobody is putting out the daily level of content and to create more context around the things that he's or she's trying to put out in the world than me. Not mm-hmm. a soul, not a soul. And so I'm trying as hard as I can and hopefully it brings value to people. But there's probably a lot of other voices that will work for different people. Some people, my voice works, but I'm not crippled by getting an email. And I don't get this email, but if I get an email in an hour that says, I read Crush and I work super hard every minute and nothing better happened and it destroyed my family life. Like I'm not going to be too devastated about that to be very honest with you, because there was nothing in that book that referenced mismanaging your personal relationships or not diagnosing that nine years later, maybe the things that you were doing were not going to work. Right? Like Mm -hmm. you can, you can only do so much. I I'm definitely, I'm not, you know, as absolute as I am in my statements. I, if you read that book carefully, I hedged the, out of the notion of it being real work. So I think a lot of times people are caught up in my charisma or the headlines uh, and they don't actually dig a little bit deeper and there's only so much I can do to fix that. Yeah, yeah. And accepting the fact that you don't have to continue to defend yourself over and over. And I don't mind to defend myself over and over or add more context or help. Like I'm, I'm tireless and, uh, and I'm okay with that. So we're kind of coming in for landing. I just look at the clock here. So a lot of people find their identity in what they do and not in who they are. Yeah. And I think you've found a way to marry the two. Yeah. I think you're probably right. Um, Talk about that. So, or? Yeah. So here's my question I'm, I'm yeah. wrestling with. So who would you say you are outside of what you do? 
Um, I think that I am the greatest wartime general to have around you. Um, the, I think I'm a wartime general. I think the one thing that most people don't know about me is that when times are tough in my family or in my business or in my nonprofits, that, that all that I am gets even better when it hits the fan. I'm very proud of that. I think that I'm, uh, I think that I'm selfish um, to making my engine work. And by doing that, I become enormously non-selfish to the people around me. Um, and I think that's who I am. Yeah. Thanks for uh, sharing that. I want to just take us out with uh, a little quote from your book. It says, you stated that the toughest thing I've ever had to do professionally was to decide that I was okay putting myself out there. And today I'm not sure anyone would believe you. <laughs> Can you take us back, you know, like 10 years, um, yeah, about how I'll it began you, and take, what was yeah. it like to hit record the first time? I just knew very quickly that I was going down a path that was going to make me known. And in that moment, and that moment wasn't the first minute of Wine Library TV. In that moment, call it 2006, you know, the mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. Let's call the year the moment. I knew that this was going to be a journey that was going to change my life. And I had to be okay with that. Um, meaning there are some real negatives to being in a world where a, a lot of people know your business, have judgments on who you are, all these different variables. And yeah, I just had to, I just had to be okay with um, the little things like just not being able to hide um, and, and the big things like having enormous amounts of people have judgment of you and knowing that your personality was going to create a solid percentage of people misunderstanding you and putting you in a bucket that you didn't want to be in and you didn't feel your actions were going to, uh, you know, back, you know, I, I'm stunned by people who don't think I'm a good guy just because I curse and I have ego on stage and that hurts my feelings, but it's just part of the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for me, I know the first time I hit send on the first request of my interview for my podcast was with Joel Com. And I, and I know Joel, he was my friend, and I knew the moment I hit send, like, I was committed. I love it. And it sat on my, my breakfast counter for about mm, a little over an hour, mm -hmm. and I found anything I could to do before going back. So let's, mm -hmm. let's go out with this from your book. For those of you who haven't read it yet, Ask Gary V. Um, we just touched on just one very small token of a whole lot of great business uh, acumen. This is what you stated in this chapter that we've been talking about today. Never make the mistake of thinking that you need to be louder or more outgoing or fake a bigger personality. This is a tremendous time for you to build a company. The ball is in your court and social media and technology have put the whole game in your favor. <laughs> Gary, thanks for being with us on the Up In Your Business Show. Thanks, brother. I wish you guys well. Thanks so much to Gary. Uh, I really appreciate his candor and his transparency, not to mention his time uh, to get him to have some time available. It's 
pretty awesome. So I'm humbled uh, that we got this opportunity to talk. And if you haven't already done so, please go check out his new book, Ask Gary V. You can also check out his online show, The Ask Gary V Show. You're going to find lots of good nuggets in what he has to offer. And uh, I will include a link to both of those in the show notes. Now, I know that for some of you, uh, you like me probably aren't altogether thrilled with some of the answers that Gary gave on this interview, and I I get that. Um, But, you know, in particular, there was one thing that I think he's been accused of and maybe some would have expected him to double down on in terms of the whole element of hustle and crush it and working harder. And like he said to his own admission, he totally believes in working harder. However, he said not at the sake of mismanaging your personal relationships in the midst of that work and hustle. If you know my story, you know that 15 years ago I was a workaholic. And that played out into my life through stress and addiction to pornography and alcohol. And it ultimately ended up in me being unfaithful to my wife and sabotaging my career, my marriage, and my self-worth. I didn't manage my personal relationships properly. And now, here I am today, I'm becoming kind of in the same situation where I've been building this podcast over the past year. I had another company that uh, I was doing as well, which that has rolled off. I'm no longer with that company. So some of my time has been loosened up, but what I find myself is continuing to work more hours. And there have been times that I've failed to focus on my family throughout this last year. My wife has reminded me throughout this process whenever I've strayed. And honestly, I wish she didn't have to remind me. I wish that I would have been more cognitive of that. So as such, I'm becoming super sensitive to caring for my family and my health and my well-being first and foremost. And then there's this thing that I'm building. So I want to encourage you as well. What areas of your life are you engaged in over the priorities of your relationships? Where do you need to dial it back in order to preserve and protect the things that really matter most? Now, if you've struggled with any of these, um, I am super happy to help you. Uh, If you don't know, uh, as I stated when we came into this, I do coaching and I help people. And if that's something that might be of a service to you, um, you can find out more information on my website, at angusnelson.com forward slash coaching and learn about some of my programs, whether you just want to talk for an hour or if you want to be part of the monthly webinar coaching group, or maybe you're looking for a deeper one-on-one for some significant personal transformation. I'm happy to help if that would be um, a good deal for you. So simply go to angusnelson.com forward slash coaching, learn more about those services and benefits. In addition, I would love to know what you think of the show. So please let me know of your thoughts of the program, anything I might be able to do better or focus on. I'd really appreciate your input. You can find me on Twitter at Angus Nelson. Uh, Again, you can go to my website. You can put comments there in the contact us page. And if you're looking for the links and the show notes for this episode, you'll find them at angusnelson.com 
forward slash zero four seven. I'd also like to encourage you to join our private Facebook group. You can simply type in up in your business private group in your Facebook search bar and request entry. I'll make sure you get into the community. So with that, I am your host, Angus Nelson. Go ahead and tell your friends because the greatest compliment you can give is a referral to someone else, either by telling them in person or sharing it on the web. Keep taking your business up by getting up in your business. Live intentionally, love extravagantly, and lead with self-awareness. Be amazing. Thanks for listening to the Up In Your Business podcast with Angus Nelson. Find more at upinyourbusiness.co. Remember, that's .co, not com.